If you have your Bibles, Hebrews chapter 2, Hebrews chapter 2. This morning, one of humanity's problems, this author says, is forgetfulness. Nah. <laughs> and uh, forgetfulness can happen, he says, at multiple levels, from a simple problem of recall to a posture of hard-heartedness and disobedience toward the command giver. When God deals with the people of Israel throughout the Old Testament, he does not merely say, this is God. Rather, we often read, this is the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. It is a reminder to a forgetful people, which we all are, what it is that God has done for us. Amen. And very interesting, isn't it? Because God mentions that time and time again. And uh, remember, recall, uh, remind, or come to mind. These are powerful Bible words to help us to recalibrate us and to set us right. Amen. It's, it's never a matter of, you know, I read the Bible. I had a friend once when I was younger in my early teen years when the Jesus People movement was happening in the early 70s. My parents took us to church, and as a result, I was fairly zealous. I don't know if I ever really was stepped into what God had. Oh, obviously I didn't because I didn't last. But, but you know, I remember just talking to my friends about Jesus, and I had a friend who was super smart, scholarship kind of smart, you know. And um, he, he said, yeah, I read the Bible from beginning to end. Which he did. Uh, I mean, he, he, was a, he was, you know, we'd be out playing, he'd be in the house reading, you know. That's why he got scholarships. <laughs> and we didn't. <laughs> and anyways, you know, and he's like, yeah, I read it from beginning to end. And he talked a little bit about it and went on and nothing ever was said about it. But how do you know that it takes more than just knowing everything that the Bible says? Yeah, I know what it says. There needs to be a constant reminder of the word of God coming to our lives, amen, because we have a tendency, as our text is going to say, to drift and get off course. Remember Hebrews chapter 2. Oh, got to get my Bible out, don't I? <laughs> Hebrews chapter 2. I'm not going to read it from the screen. I refuse. Hebrews <laughs> chapter 2, starting in verse number 1. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him? God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. Amen. Hebrews chapter 1, 2 through 4, our text, remember, and let's consider that first of all this morning, to remember. You know, sometimes we think we need new info. Churches sometimes, even, uh, you know, I, I remember Mars Hill, you know, they, they, they seem to come out with new revelations. It's interesting, people, will, men will get famous, they'll get, they'll have success, they'll have a lot of people come out and then all of a sudden, down the road, they'll write a book. It's always just a little bit off the beaten path. I think his was there's no hell and all this kind of stuff. It's like we need a new revelation. You know what I'm saying? When the problem is we don't follow the revelation that we have in the first place. What do you need to add more revelation to? Amen. If you got this one down, maybe. But, you, you know, 
we don't. Amen. We, what really matters is to remember what we've already heard. This image of earnest heed. It's really, it's, it's navigating according to the course that is set. It's not trying to find a new course. It's not trying to find something more that God's saying that he's really not saying. No, it is navigating by the course that we already have that's been set in the Bible. Amen. These are the things which we have heard. He goes on to say, if in the Old Testament, the angels had, they were part of the ministering of the law some way. He says if what was ministered by them is steadfast and it gave its rewards as well as its punishments. And then he goes on, how much more in the New Testament, the Gospels? The gospel of grace, amen, that was given by Jesus himself. Others testifying to it. And then miracles even on top of that to testify to the word of God. And this is the way to go, amen. This is the way, walk ye in it. Navigating by the word of God, it takes a higher responsibility to you and I, amen, to remember. Remember the promises, the acts of God, amen. The Father's testimonies of the great thing that God has done. And so our problem sometimes, many times, is remembering. It's good to develop a heart of gratitude, amen. It's good to develop a heart that says, you know what, look what God has done. Not look what I have done. Look what God has done, amen. It's good to look over the landscape of your life and see that, you know what, God has helped me, amen. But listen, it, it, it's not time to cut loose. Who needs church? Who needs to read their Bible all the time? Who needs all that stuff? I've done all that. The warning is when you cut that stuff loose, you drift. So when he says to give the more earnest heed, it means to tighten up and to navigate by what God has given us. These are coordinates, reading your Bible, applying God's word to our lives, studying, getting even a little bit fuller picture of what God says. You know, if I got stuck on a desert island, I'd want, if I had the Bible, I could only have one other book, I would get a Strong's Good Coordinates. That way I could go back and just, you know, tighten up on what some words mean and so on and so forth. That would be the two books I'd, I'd always need. I just need the Bible. But if I had an option to get a second one, I'd get a strong concordance, amen, just to kind of broaden the word a little bit and help, help an old boy out, amen, while he's waiting for the ship to come by and get him from Gilligan's Island, whatever, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, take more earnest heed to what has been preached to us. Maintain that in our minds, amen, probably the greatest mode that we receive the word of God is through the preaching of the word of God. It's been preaching that's kept my feet on the ground for these almost, almost 40 years. <laughs> Long time. Careful attention, amen, when we hear the word, when we read the word. Be a disciplined hearer. When I listen, I have to take notes. I, I, I came to that conclusion. I'm not saying you have to take notes. You can do what you please, amen. But I realize that what helps me to listen because of who I am, is taking notes for whatever reason. It's like I still take notes to this day 
It's like, don't you know that stuff? Yeah, I know it. <laughs> I'm trying to listen. Amen. If I just sit there without notes, I, I just, for whatever reason, how I'm wired, I just kind of start, was that a bus that just went by? <laughs> Did somebody just walk down the sidewalk? It's like, this guy's got to be looking down at a notepad. I don't even have to even look at the preacher. I could just be like this. I could just be listening, and that's all I need. And, and I'm listening to my right hand. I don't know. I don't know how it works. I just know it helps me to listen. It's a discipline. That's all it is. It's not that I don't know anything, and he's like, oh, wow, that's an interesting. I never heard that before. It's like, no, no, no. And there's some, don't get me wrong, there's some things that men say that are so interesting. And they say it's so much better than other men, you know what I'm saying? And I do write it down. But it's a listening device. It's a discipline. Amen. Our faith is linked to hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If your faith is getting low, are you hearing the word of God? Amen. You know, in the crises of life, uh, uh, it, it really comes to bear. Amen. What, what does God say? I mean, this will save you. This will save you time and time again over the years. What's interesting, when Paul's going out and preaching, he's in Thessalonica, and obviously he's establishing churches and people are getting saved. Uh, but then the Jewish people rise up and they, they just go crazy. And then he's going from town to town. And then he goes to a place called Berea. And the Bible says they were more reasonable than other people because they searched the scriptures. You know, there's a connection between their reasonableness and having their nose in the Bible. Amen. Amen. Their temperament is, is a reflection of the word of God. Amen. But not only that, it helps them because when Paul is preaching, they go to the word and they start cross-referencing what Paul is saying. And this understanding, amen, here they are. They really are at a turning point. They might not know that, but they're at a turning point in their walk with God. And because they have such a respect for God, such a discipline for the word of God, amen, they move into the word of God and many of them got saved. In other words, they took the word seriously. They gave more earnest heed to the things that were said. Remembering it's not just the head, it's also the heart. Amen. It's not just mental, it's volitional. Or it has to be acted upon in the will. It is a choice of the will to heed the word. In other words, the word needs application. How are you going to apply that? Not go home and during lunch and say, oh, that was a nice, nice word the Parsons gave today, huh, honey? As we sip our tea and eat our crumpets. It's like, is it, is, where's the application, man? It's a change in your life. It's like, you know what? This is a word I need to take home. I need to eat the word, amen. I need to eat this and let it go in, let it digest and let it do something in my life, amen. It really is an application. You know, heart memory is it's actual in the heart. Amen. God, the Bible says, remembered Noah. It was a heart action. Amen. God remembered Noah. And so it's an interesting. You read that and you think, what did he forget? Oh, yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute, where's Noah? No, 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 it's not God. <laughs> he remembered Noah. It was a heart memory. Amen. 2 Peter 1, 12 through 15. 1 Peter has a, a similar scripture. Paul, Peter mentions it twice. But he says here in the NIV, he says, so I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them 
and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure you will always be able to remember these things. He saw himself as a preacher to simply bring remembrance of the word. So let's consider, secondly, the problem. Amen. Why? A couple things. Why is memory, remembering so difficult? Amen. I don't know. We, I, I think just a few things here. I think we, we don't remember because we're so easily distracted. I'm sorry. I have to do it. <laughs> Devices. These are the most distracting things in the world. <laughs> I don't really bow to them very much. I got a McDonald's thing. Hey, it's a 68 cents cheeseburger over it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It never ends. <laughs> the name McDonald's, which I don't really go there. I think I put it on the app because I could have got cheap fries in a drive through about two years ago. But anyways, you know what I'm saying? I mean, next it's going to be Kohl's. No, he's not there. It's, you know, I'm saying it's, it's like everybody's sending me stuff all the time. Hey, look, they got a sale on. I just opened my phone. So, you know, we can be so distracted, amen. You know, just the busyness of life. You know, we're the SpongeBob generation. What do we got, about three minutes of attention span? You know, it's like, you know, it's like, well, I can just stay home and watch church on YouTube. You know, and I know. It ain't the same as sitting here listening to church. You know that. How easy it is to get distracted at home. I mean, we did Zoom for how long? That was, I couldn't even watch you guys. I had to turn you off and watch my own face when I was preaching over the computer. You guys are bottling your waffles. You're playing with the dog. At one time, the dog was the only one in the screen. It's like, <laughs> where's the family? <laughs> the dog is the only one that's listening to me. He's the only one that's, in, he's like. <laughs> I got my pride. <laughs> I said, like, I can't watch this. Because it's so easy. It's just, it's like, this is not church. <laughs> it's just the way it is. I, you know, I was just thankful people were on. I'm, honestly, I was. But, you know, people are just doing all, because you get distracted. We have to force ourselves to pay attention, really, at any time. Sometimes we have a negativity bias. We focus on the negatives. Why it's the need to have gratitude. We can even edit our memory. Researcher Stephen Novella warns, he says, far from being a passive recording of events, memory is constructed, filtered through our beliefs and subjected to contamination and morphing over time. It's naive to implicitly trust our memories without external objective verification 
we can't know how accurate the details of our memories are. That is why Peter says, I will continue to bring this to your memory. Isn't that interesting? Amen. That we can edit over time. This is why you need a constant washing of the word coming into your life. Amen. There's also another uh, uh, issue or another problem is, you know, sometimes ignoring or even neglecting. It's what he mentions in our text, right? Says we are neglecting our very salvation. What God saved us from and what God saved us for. He said, how should we escape if we neglect so great of a salvation? Amen. And he's not talking about getting saved. He's talking to Christians. We don't obey uh, <clears throat> you know, to procure salvation. And we obey to enjoy salvation. And uh, if you don't enjoy it, you, know, you walk away from it. We, we live for God. Amen. Because it works. And that constant washing of the word, I don't do it out of fear. I do it out of love. He loved me, amen. I love the word. I love how God orders life. I love how he sets the course of life for every one of us, amen. By his word. Charles Spurgeon said, we write our benefits in dust and our injuries in marble. It ought not so to be. If our memories were more tenacious of the merciful visitations of our God, our faith would often be strengthened in times of trial. There's also negligence or carelessness, knowing what we should not do, but do it anyways. It's kind of like texting while driving, you know what I'm saying? Criminal, maybe not. Careless, definitely. And if things go bad or an accident, it could even turn into be criminal. Amen. And so that can happen even with the word of God. It's not just a necessary thing about sin. It's just neglecting it. It's, it's a carelessness with the word of God that can get us in trouble down the road. Amen. The danger also in our text is the danger, as I said earlier, is to drift. This is a major problem. You can end up in the wrong harbor. Amen. If you drift not arrive at God's intended destination. You know, God is, God is at work directing our lives, amen. Our steps are ordered of the Lord, and many times through preaching, Bible study, reading, you know, just pondering the word that God is directing and he's guiding our lives, amen. And we end up in places sometimes when we don't have that, uh, that we should never be when we drift. Uh, uh, you know, the whole time God's trying to direct us in the way that we should go. But when we don't give heed or earnest heed to the word of God, it's like, it's like what, what made you go in this direction? What made you go? In, but because we didn't give heed to the word of God, Amen. I could give you an example. It's like relationships or, or companionship or, you know, choose your friends wisely. That's in the Bible. And yet you'll see people and they'll choose friends unwisely. It's like, why would you? That's why you're drifted over here to where you're at. This is why you drifted into this place here. This is not God's will for your life. And then you can go back. It's like you didn't take seriously what the Bible says about choose your friends wisely. And I'm just using that as an illustration. But, you know, uh, uh, the danger many times is this very thing we call drifting. 
You know, ships need, need to be navigated. We need to be navigated, amen. This is what the whole idea of the constant reminding of the word, amen, to chart our course and say, no, this is the way we should go. We navigate by the word of God, amen. You know, when a ship is drifting, it's then it's in trouble, amen. It's either, it's either heading for trouble or it's very easily can end up in, in enemy waters depending on the circumstances. That's what happens. People drift into enemy territory. There's an enemy out there <laughs> seeking whom he may devour. We can very easily drift into that. Paul even brings it up in 1 Timothy about men who have shipwrecked. People crash. Amen. Some never recover. People who do, do shipwreck many times, they end up and drift. They end up in these enemies' waters. Amos 7.7 7, he showed me this. The Lord was standing there by a vertical wall with a plumb line in his hand. It's one thing. You know, you can do this all day. Yeah, it looks straight. But if you're building for real, you would get a string with the plumb bob, a little weight, and you would line it up with the plumb line. Because the plumb line is perfect. The, the word of God is that plumb line. That's what he's saying. He was standing there by a vertical wall with the plumb line in his hand. Is this wall straight? I won't hold a, I helped build this wall, so I will not hold a plumb line up to this wall. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, yep, it's straight. <laughs> but if I was real honest, <laughs> I would screw in a plumb line and hold it down. It would literally tell you if that wall is straight or not. God says, that's my word. My word is straight. You can trust, in other words, my word. You can trust a plumb line. You, you can't trust me by saying, yep, it looks good to me. No, I want to see the plumb line first. Does it line up with the plumb line? And if you're not navigating by the word of God, the question I have to ask is, whose word are you navigating by? Who's given you the coordinates to guide your life? Amen. You know, Paul talks about a shipwreck. He talks about a shipwreck in Paul's life. Remember when he was on his way to Rome and he was getting on a ship and he said, you know what, guys, we probably shouldn't go out this time of year. This, this is not good. Ships, ships wreck in this kind of weather. But they didn't listen to his word. And the ship ended up running aground on Malta. Amen. All because they didn't listen to the word. Amen. And although God intervened and saved all on board, that's the grace of God. Amen. <laughs> Praise God for that. But the point is, is that the ship was destroyed because they didn't listen to the word. Let's look lastly at remembering, but we need God's help. And the Holy Spirit helps us. We're not just left to ourselves. Amen. God is at work to help us in this. Amen. When we engage some of our effort, the words are given, if you read, the, the words are given in a supernatural context, right? In other words, there is help with memory. John 14, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things 
and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. This is not passive, amen. God is actively involved in our lives, bringing things to remembrance in our effort and faith, amen. God helps us by the Holy Spirit to, to bring a word in time and season. You've probably had those moments in your own life where you know, you're going a direction and God drops a, spirit, a scripture in your mind, one that you put there first of all, not just out of thin air, but one that has been put there before when you read it and God brings it to mind, amen. Powerful, so powerful, amen. That's the Holy Spirit helping us. Even as flawed as we are, amen, God does not leave us to ourselves. Praise God, he helps us. He, he helps us to navigate by the word with the spirit of God, amen. His will, his word is reinforced. Even, even with miracles, amen, we have to remember. In our text, God also bearing witness with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will, amen. Obedience is helped by the Holy Spirit. Help at the point of our will, amen, that we have to engage. Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. This is the great promise that brings hope to every one of us. That as best as we can do, amen, God is there helping us, taking us to another level, a level I could never go to, amen. But he's involved. He wants my life to go according to the coordinates. He wants me to walk in this way. Colossians 1.9 NIV, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord, please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Paul says we continually ask God to bring his word to mind in your life. It's a good prayer. He understands, amen. You know, Paul, just throwing this out, you know, you know Paul, you know, most of Paul's follow-up was prayer. I'm not saying we don't go and visit people and such, but you think about that. It's incredible, isn't it? He followed up. That's how much he believed in prayer and God moving on people's lives. I'm going to pray this for you. He was serious in his praying. That has nothing to do with my sermon, but I'm just saying, you know, he followed up on people in prayer as if that person was right there. Like I'm talking to this person, amen. God, fill them with the knowledge of your love. God, touch this person. God, do, I mean, it's powerful if you think about it. And he's praying, amen, that they would, they would grow in the knowledge of God, amen. And finally, destiny. At the end of the voyage that we would enter the right port, <laughs> doing the right thing, amen. Because in all in all, God's taken us some place in life. And ultimately, he's taken us a place called heaven in the afterlife, amen. And he's plotting the course along the way by his word. As our text says, we need to give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard. I want to close with this very interesting story says, it, it is gratitude that prompted an old man to visit an old broken pier on the eastern seacourt 
coast of Florida. Every Friday night until his death in 1973, this is a Paul Harvey story, he would return walking slowly and slightly stooped with a large bucket of shrimp. The seagulls would flock to this old man and he would feed them from his bucket. Many years before, October 1942, Captain Eddie Rickenbacker was on a mission in a B-17 to deliver an important message to Ger General Douglas MacArthur in New Guinea. But there was an unexpected detour which would hurl Captain Eddie into the most harrowing adventure of his life. Somewhere over the South Pacific, the Flying Fortress became lost beyond the reach of radio. Fuel ran dangerously slow. The men ditched their plane in the ocean. For nearly a month, Captain Eddie and his companions would fight the water and the weather and the scorching sun. They spent many sleepless nights recoiling as giant sharks rammed their rafts. The largest raft was nine feet by five feet. The biggest shark was 10 feet long. But of all the en their enemies at sea, one proved most formidable, starvation. Eight days out, their rations were long gone or destroyed by the salt water. It would take a miracle to sustain them, and a miracle occurred. If it didn't, I wouldn't be reading the story. <laughs> the end. All right. Let me carry on. <laughs> Captain Eddie's own words, he says, Cherry, that was the B-17 pilot, Captain William Cherry, read the service that afternoon, and we finished with the prayer for deliverance and a hymn of praise. There was some talk, but it tapered off in the, oppress in the oppressive heat. With my hat pulled down over my eyes to keep out some of the glare, I dozed off. Now, this is, this, this is still Captain Rickenbacker talking. He says, something landed on my head, and I knew that it was a seagull. I don't know how I knew. I just knew. Everyone else knew, too. No one said a word, but peering out from under the, my hat brim, without moving my head, I could see the expression on their faces. They were staring at that gall. The gall meant food. If I could catch it, and the rest, of course, as they say, is history. Captain Eddie caught the gall. Its flesh was eaten. Its intestines were used for bait to catch fish. And the survivors were sustained and their hopes renewed because a lone seagull, uncharacteristically hundreds of miles from land, offered itself as a sacrifice. You know that Captain Eddie made it. Obviously, he's writing the story. And now you also know that he never forgot because every Friday evening about sunset on a lonely stretch along the eastern Florida seacoast, you could see an old man walking, white-haired, bushy-eyebrowed, slightly bent. His bucket filled with shrimp was to feed the gulls. To remember that one which on the day long past gave itself without a struggle like manna in the wilderness. What a strange story. But he never forgot what God had done for them. Possibly he just fed the seagulls to never forget what happened that day because the, the seagull was too far from land to fly out that far to land on a raft, if you know what I'm saying. He says hundreds of miles. And I don't know much about seagulls, but I'll just take his word for it. Amen. God calls that seagull to leave the shores and wander out and land on Eddie's head. And he said, you know what? 
I'll never forget the goodness of God to my life. He saved me and all these men by sending a seagull. Remember, amen, take earnest heed to the word of God. Let's bow our heads this morning. Praise God.